Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm really excited about this word this morning. Peter and Masha asked me a month or so ago, you know, am I ready? And I'm like, yeah, slot me in Colossians. Like, let's not stop the series, do one of. And Peter was like, oh, I was praying that, you know, I don't know if you wanted me to say it or somebody say it. So um, my presenters in the room, where are my presenters in the room? Yeah, so y'all are going to appreciate this. So um, a couple weeks later, we did our first feedback loop, and they know what I'm talking about. We sat down, and, and Peter goes, wow, he goes, that wasn't just a great sermon. That was four great sermons. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so a couple weeks later, we, we circled back again for feedback loop number two, and it was good. It, it was good. But there was fire on half of it and not on the other half. So we feedback looped impromptu in Panera. By the way, if you, if you need a place to let the fire fall, Paneras are, are great, right? We release it. So anyway, feedback loop number three, we found the fire, and today the fire is going to fall. And if you don't believe me, the fire alarm has been going off for how many days? Just, just getting ready for this morning. So I'm really excited to bring this. We're going to sit in Colossians um, chapter 2. Am I too hot? No. I feel like I'm popping. Um, and, I, and I love Paul. My husband doesn't love Paul's letters so much. Um, he, he says he, he gets too wordy. Um, the punctuation. He needs the punctuation. Um, but I love Paul's letters. And so we're going to start in Colossians 2, verse 6. But I feel like in order to start, we have to look back a little bit. Because there's a question that I feel like Paul is, I don't feel like, I truly believe that Paul is always answering in this, in this text. And the question is, I can't write and talk. So... You get one or the other. Um, is Christ enough? And there's a real special reason why I chose this, why we felt the fire fall on this. Because in this season, in the past couple months, this verse has been huge in my life, huge impact in my life. And then as I was preparing this message, I noticed that it hasn't been just in this season, but it's been for the whole year. This verse has been huge in my life. And then as I continued to press in and, and really listen for the message, I realized it's been huge in my life for a decade. Right? And then yesterday, <laughs> Dawn Folletti calls me. She goes, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I just ran through my message. I'm having an altar call in my room. <laughs> I'm sobbing and snotting. It's been huge in my life, all my life. And I feel like I have found a new foundational verse in Colossians 2, verse 6. But we can't unpack it until we look at where Paul's already coming from because we don't want to be a body that takes verses out of context, right? And so we want to look at why, is Paul, why does Paul keep pushing on this question of is Christ enough? And so we're going to go all the way back to chapter 1. There it goes. Obviously, we don't need those today. 
we'll stick them in here. Um, so bear, bear with me for a minute. Listen as we unpack why Paul keeps pushing this question. Is Christ enough? So in chapter 1, verse 5, Paul says, For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope, now that you believed in the truth of the gospel. The gospel is as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. The gospel doesn't change, right? So why is Paul answering this question? The gospel doesn't change. We have to start there. And then in the next verse, he says, this wonderful message that's being spread everywhere powerfully changed hearts throughout the earth, just like it's changed yours. What changes? Our hearts. The gospel doesn't change. It changes our hearts. Now, come on, who's, whose hearts have been changed by the gospel, right? We know. We, that's our testimony. We can tell people, here is where Jesus met me. My heart changed. Now, some of you know parts of my story. Some of you know more parts than you probably want to know. <laughs> there, I have one um, family member still with me here in this world, in this earth. My brother, my older brother. He's my big brother. He's five years older than me. I love him to death. <clears throat> he looks at me. And he says, I, I can see him. He's like, she looks the same. Mm -hmm. But I'm just not really sure who she is. Because my heart has changed so dramatically because of the gospel that he doesn't always recognize me anymore. But he's watching. Amen. And someday he's going to be watching here on live. Amen. Down in verse 9, Paul writes, since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your life. You see, Paul wrote to the Romans, while we were still dead in our sin, Christ died for us. His pleasure over our lives never changes because the gospel never changes, right? And then he unpacks our purpose, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and understanding couple months ago when I shared and we, had, we talked about um, how we're created to be distribution centers, right? What are reservoirs? They keep the water, right? For who? For us, for the communities around them. We have the living water in us. We are created to be reservoirs to pour out living water into our communities around us. That doesn't change. And God is well pleased to take you and your, where you are today and pour his living water through you. You're created to be a reservoir. That doesn't change. But why does Paul keep coming back to this question, is Christ enough? Let's read on. So jumping down to verse, by the way, are you all reading Colossians during the week? How many of you come to church on Sunday and go, oh, man, I just, like, you don't have to raise your hand. Some weeks I get here and I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot to read Colossians this week. Some weeks I get here and I'm wrecked because I've been in Colossians all week, right? There's grace for both. 
right? There's so much grace for both because you're here today. So in, in verse, what I was saying was, I'm skipping through verses, but you can go back and read them all. <laughs> for in him was created the universe of things, both in heaven, on earth, the seen and the unseen. Who created? God, through Jesus, right? Doesn't change. Can the creation ever be cre bigger than the creator? No. So why does Paul keep pushing this question, is Christ enough? You would think we would get it, right? One last verse. He existed before anything was made. When was everything made? Genesis 1, right? And now everything finds its completion where? In him. So we keep bumping up against this question because if, if we took, y'all know those surveys, right? I've sent a few of them out with these dots? You're laughing, I can hear you. So over here is absolutely yes. And over here is no way, no how. Right? So if we took a survey this morning, how many of you would say, Christ is enough. How many of you would be absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt Christ is enough, right? We would fill in that dot because absolutely, I mean, we're here, right? <laughs> we're here because we believe Christ is enough. But that's not what Paul's asking and that's not the question he's answering. Because you see, everything in Genesis 1 and 2 set up the blueprint for how we should be living. And in Genesis 3, the first time this question gets asked. And we carry in our flesh a part of Adam that always questions, is Christ enough? But not globally, but in those little parts of our lives that we like to tuck in our purse put in the closet. We order container boxes on Amazon and put them in nice and neat and put them on the shelf and we forget about them because we can't reconcile this global belief that Christ is enough and yet is he enough in our finances? Like that's my thing, right? Is he enough in my finances? Where else do we question if he's enough? in our health, in our relationships. Let's also say in our marriages or in our singleness, right? In our, in our jobs, has anybody questioned, is Christ enough for me? Is there grace for me in this job? We've had those, right? In our work, Anywhere else we question, is Christ enough? With our kids? With our entertainment? Well, there's going to be an altar call today. We're going to keep kids under relationships. I'm going to come back to that one. So we have these categories 
that we really have to bring back to, is Christ enough? Is Christ enough in my finances? Is he enough in my health? You see, when I told you that I realized I'd been in this place of asking, is Christ enough for, for 10 years? Some of you know me. You know, you've known me for 10 years. You knew me back then. I'm so grateful that you're still in my life and appreciate me. <laughs> Some of you don't know how much of a hot mess I was 10 years ago. <laughs> but 10 years ago, as a middle-aged single woman living paycheck to paycheck in a job I was burned out on under a boss that hated me, I couldn't tell you that Christ was enough. Because I think there's two ditches. Should we, should we try to not get ditched this morning? So, I met Jesus when I was 12. It was a gospel salvation message. I had my salvation. I had the interesting experience at age 12 to be aware of the spiritual happening around me. I had no grid for it. Nobody in my mainline denomination church, Presbyterian, <laughs> talked about that. I had no grid for it, but I had salvation, and I knew that in the sweet by and by, I was going to go to heaven. But I spent 40 years living in survive till I die mode. I didn't know anything about Christ being enough. I didn't know there was power in the gospel. Because I was in survive till I die. I was like, okay, we got salvation. Check that box. I was a single mom of two girls. And, you know, God bless us. Girls are just as hard as boys. <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> but I was in survive until I died. So over here, I had this DIY life. Only because... The power of Christ wasn't even on my radar. I was so busy surviving, I didn't even know that was a question. Anybody with me? So I'm, I'm over here and I'm trying to do life. And then, oh gosh, about 2000. You know, you know in, the, in the 80s, we used to say we, we walked away from the Lord, right? <laughs> And it's kind of cliche, right? But in our scripture, let's flip to Colossians 2.6. We'll actually bring our scripture up to date here. In the same way you've received Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue in your journey of faith, progressing where? Further in your intimacy with him. So when we used to say, I walked away from the Lord, we literally like got off the path right? We're no longer progressing in intimacy with Jesus. We're progressing somewhere over here, right? So when I stopped progressing over here 
and I started progressing deeper in my intimacy with my Lord, I started doing certain things. What do, what do we do when we come back to the Lord? What are the things that we do? Repent. Huh? Repent. Well, repent, yes. And then what? Do we, we read our Bible more, right? Yes. So um, we, do, we have our Bible. For me, I doubled down on my prayer time. As a, a teacher, a high school teacher, I had to be at school about 6.30. I get up at 4 so that I got enough prayer time in. I didn't even know that soaking was a thing, but I think I was soaking, you know. What else do we do? We read our Bible, we pray, we worship. What else do we do? Yep, we fellowship, we serve. Right, we evangelize. And then I found things like speaking in tongues, right? Yeah, tongues. These are all wonderful things. And then I found oil, anointing oil. All these things are wonderful things that when I began to move out of this ditch, I really locked on to some of these things because they're good, right? They're good disciplines. They keep us on this path progressing deeper in our intimacy with the Lord. But why is Paul asking us, is Christ enough? Because what happens in this ditch, you forgot about that ditch, didn't you? What happens in this ditch is, if we think in our finances or our health or our marriages, all these things, our kids, our work, entertainment, if we think that Jesus isn't enough, then these things get twisted and we have the Jesus Plus program. Now see, I wanted to preach in verse 16 today, but we'll get to that in a couple weeks. <laughs> when these things stop coming out of the out overflow of our intimacy with Jesus, they become part of the Jesus plus. So Christ wasn't enough for me. I was seeing power. I was experiencing the power in other people's lives. But I didn't have the power yet. So I would pray for two and a half hours in the morning. Because I didn't know Jesus was enough. Right? I'd, I'd tithe extra money. Tithing is good. It's important. It's what we do. It's what we're called to do. But we're called to do it out of a place of intimacy, not out of the Jesus Plus program. So let me tell you about the last couple years. Let me tell you about 10 years ago. Let's start there. I was frustrated because my Jesus Plus program didn't have any power. So I started a little bit of Jesus Plus, a little bit of Saturday night. You know what I'm saying. A little bit of speaking in tongues, a little bit of trash talk. And then 
one of my dearest friends said to me, hey, come away for this weekend. I, I said, where are we going? She said, um, this thing called Holy Spirit Encounter. Sounded good to me because I didn't have any power yet. Well, let me tell you, that weekend I met Holy Spirit. I met Holy Spirit like the Samaritan woman at the well met Jesus, and everything changed. Just like we read in chapter 1, Paul explains to us the gospel never changes, but our hearts change when? When we meet Jesus. And all of a sudden, I start getting some power. Right? Now, I'm like, wow, this is different. I went back and introduced myself to Tom Tanner at Riverstone. He said, I know who you are. And I said, mm -mm, I am not the same woman. <laughs> and he was like, what happened? And I told him, and that's great. And now I had oil, and I knew what to do with it. <laughs> I said to him, I said, I feel like I got this weapon. I just haven't fired it yet. I'm okay with it. I'm excited about it. I just haven't fired it yet. And then the tongues came, and I'm like, whoa, haven't fired this one yet either. Let's, let's see what happens in intimacy when that gets. So things changed, and all of a sudden, this middle-aged woman who was so uncomfortable with herself, living paycheck to paycheck, on the verge of have, actually, I did pick up my purse a couple times and start to walk out of my classroom. I, there weren't any kids in it at the moment. But I was already, I had one foot out the door. My plan was to move to Seattle, be with my youngest daughter and her family, and be a barista in one of those little parking lot coffee shops. Come on, Terry knows that's true. And we were just out there. Every time we go by one, he was like, that could be you. <laughs> but I came home from that weekend, and I had power, and I was happy. We were talking last week. Um, Jesus said to me, what, what is your greatest treasure I've given you? I said, joy, because son, boy, I did not have joy for decades, and I got joy now. That's my greatest treasure. I came home with joy, and not too long after that weekend, God dropped me on Terry Say's doorstep. He can tell you. He says it was delivery, not DiGiorno. But some of you know that story. Literally, God dropped me on his doorstep. Ten months later, we were married. So the Lord was talking to me about this last week. And he said to me, you finally figured out that I was enough in your identity and I could bring him to you because it wasn't going to be Jesus plus Terry. I'm not speaking theology. I'm just telling you my story. Okay? So 10 years ago, this changed to Jesus is enough. Whoa. Okay? In my life, Jesus is enough in my identity. So then Terry and I, we start to think, wow, everybody's talking about this abundance in the kingdom. We, we don't have financial abundance. We're still working. We got some assets. We got a house. We got cars. 
But we didn't have financial abundance. So we started dreaming. And so we decided if our income increases $50,000 a year, what would we do with the money? And we made a little dream list. And then I was like, ha, what if we doubled it? What would we do if our income was 100000 more a year? And we started dreaming into that. We wrote down crazy stuff. We wrote down stuff like help a family adopt a child. And we wrote down stuff like, you know, buy another convertible. I mean, just crazy, audacious dreams. It's Al Otto's fault. Al, we love you. <laughs> But we started dreaming. We did this four or five times. I still have those papers, by the way. I'm holding you to it, sir. I'm holding you to it. So we started dreaming into financial abundance, not having a clue. We hadn't experienced it, but we were believing that Christ was enough in our finances. And not too long after that, we drove to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we went to a conference at Brian Simmons, the Passion Translation pastor. And my husband likes connection. He, he just likes connection. He, he may, you may not know that, but if you go and chat with him, he's going to be like, Richard came and talked to me today. <laughs> Y'all may not know that. I totally called you out on that. Sorry. And Brian Simmons came out after an intermission, and he, and he walked over to my husband, and he put his arm around my husband. And he goes, hey, I'm Brian. What's your name? Where are you from? You want to come to Israel with us? Well, he didn't know that on that list, on that dream list, was we want to go to Israel. And we're like, sure. And we're like, well, we can't go this year. <laughs> so we said, well, we'll go next year. So in 2018, the beginning, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, we get this email, hey, it's time to register. Here's your first deposit. And so we were like, Ooh, this is going to cost money. But we want to believe that Christ is enough. We're like, we're like over here. You know, when we're talking about believing Christ, if this is absolutely, what would this one be? Mostly, right? Mostly enough. I'm sorry, that doesn't work in the kingdom. You can't be mostly dead. You can't be mostly pregnant. And you can't mostly believe. Jesus says you do believe or you don't believe. There's no mostly believe. But test me in this. So we were like, okay. So we looked at how much that initial deposit was going to be due for two of us. And you know, the craziest thing happened. That month, there was enough money in the checking account. So we paid the deposit. A couple months later, we get another email. Hey, your next installment is due. There happened to be enough money in the checking account that month to pay that installment. The next month, we get another email. Oop, another installment's due. Terry's like, well, we got enough money in the checking account. Right? Because Jesus says, I want to prove to you that I am enough in your finances. We went to Israel in October of 2018 for two weeks with Brian and Candace Simmons, Stacy and Wesley Campbell, and Mark and Ann Tubbs, 
and Caleb hires and never took a dime out of our savings account. And Jesus said, do you believe me now? I'm enough for your finances. Got that. Okay. So we're moving our little dot down the, the thing there. And a year after we got back from Israel, we're celebrating my 60th birthday. I know I look good for my age. Right? So we're in Hood River, Oregon. A lot of you know this story. The third day of this birthday trip that I, it was, it was like the vacation of a lifetime for me. I've always wanted to go. We woke up in the morning and we're com we, I was confronted with um, the visible signs that Terry had bladder cancer. And the enemy said to me, oh yeah, is Christ enough for your health? Is Christ enough for his health? Look at this. It's the big cancer. He's still here. He is still here. He is still here. We got on our knees and we said, Jesus, we don't know you in this place. But you were enough for our finances and we believe you're enough for his health. And so whatever you have for us, we're going deeper in you in this journey. Three months later, eight pathologists, six of them from the Mayo Clinic, two of them from Wellstar, and one or two urologists cannot find any cancer in his body. And we were like, wow, Jesus is enough for our health. Jesus is enough for our health. Yeah, well, a couple months later, <laughs> he is laid up dying in the hospital with a bacterial infection, Enterococcus bacillus. If you don't believe me that it's the nastiest thing next to cancer, look it up. This thing, you take an antibiotic and it runs and hides in your body. Tell me that's not from the pit of hell. I said, Jesus, what do you say? He goes, wasn't I enough for the cancer? I mean, come on! I felt like he gave us cancer first so that anything that came after that, would, we would know he's enough for this, right? So that one, went, that one came and went. Praise God, there's no more, huh? He took it away. He took it away. Jesus is enough in our health. Paul is pushing this. this it doesn't end here. Many of you know, and, and sweet Liz walked me through that horrible day, when um, he, Terry developed two, maybe two, three, um, praise God, they were benign tumors on his parathyroid that were impacting his um, energy level, his um, mental clarity. Um, and then one day they started leaking. Remember, remember, you remember the bruise there? <laughs> 
and sweet Liz is texting me, how's he doing? I'm like, I, you know, it's just he's like, you know, because it's leaking. And, he's, and I'm like, I'm afraid if he lays down, he's going to asphyxiate. All capital letters. She's like, that's what I'm afraid of too. And I'm like, okay, Terry, we're going to the hospital now. <laughs> but he's still here. He's still here and he's better than ever because Christ is enough in our health. I mean, come on, I'm going to tell you about one more, okay? In my singleness, um, my daughters like to remind me of what a hot mess I was. <laughs> In my mindset of survive till I die, I didn't parent very well. We didn't have social media. We didn't have mom's groups. I didn't know Jesus was enough for my parenting. And, and I launched my two daughters into adulthood very broken because of what I gifted them. <laughs> I in, they inherited this from me. Sometime around 10 years old, I cried out to Jesus on the I-20 West, and I said, Jesus, don't do it for me. Do it for her, because she deserves to be happy. Do it for her. I don't even know what a healthy mother-daughter relationship looks like. Just do it for her. And about a month later, she called me, and we had a conversation she had had kind of what we would call an encounter, you know, in a situation. And her breakthrough had started. But I'm telling you, nine or ten years later, our relationship that was hanging on by a thread is so strong right now that I don't think anything could come against it. Jesus is enough for our relationships with our children with our husbands, with our employers, Jesus is enough, right? So the, Paul, the question Paul is asking isn't, is he enough globally? It's what area of your life are you not believing that I am enough for? And he's going after that this morning. You see, Genesis, we, we, I sat in here a couple months ago and Peter was preaching and I had this encounter, and I have to, you know, we sit up front because we're highly distracted. We love you all, but we sit up here so that we just have Peter and Masha in front of us, right? And I had an encounter with the Lord as Peter was talking about first fruits and what God does in our lives is first fruits of what he wants to do next. And I shared those stories with you so that you would know that I know what I'm talking about this morning because he has shown me first fruits in my husband's health so that anything that came after that, we, God, God is enough. Jesus is enough. First fruits in our finances. First fruits. Hey, I got two daughters, right? If he is enough to reconcile this one, that is first fruits for what he's doing over here. My faith is not in what I see. It's in what he has done. Okay? 
Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, creation, Adam and Eve expanding the garden, going to work, is the blueprint for what we were called and created to live out. Everything from the first lie in in Genesis chapter 3 to Malachi chapter 4, I had to look that up. There's four chapters in Malachi. Everything in between Genesis 3 and Malachi chapter 4, Old Testament, is the proof that we need him. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? The Old Testament is the evidence of of that we need him. It's also, as you're going to see in verse 17 in a couple weeks, which I wanted to preach on today, it's a prophetic shadow of what? Of what Christ did on the cross. Because in the New Testament, not just Paul, but Peter and James and John and Matthew and Mark and Luke all answer this question, is Christ enough? The cross is the provision that Christ is enough. He is everything. He has, he has done it. Terry, Terry says in South Africa, they say, finish and clar. Done and done. Finish and clar. The cross is a finish and clar. Then from the cross to Revelation 21, stay with me there, is all of the questions that come up, is Jesus enough? Is Christ enough? Paul's letters, Peter's letters, John's letters, James's letter, the Gospels, they're all answering all these different little questions about health, about relationships, about finances, about jobs. I mean, come on, Philemon, right? <laughs> they all answer the little questions, which is why we're not asking the big question, is he enough? We know he's enough. He's, we're answering the little questions that come up. And my heart for you this morning is that you're hearing Holy Spirit tell you what those questions are. Because we're going after those this morning. We're going to move our dot. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Revelation 22 resets the blueprint for Genesis 1 and 2. Amen? The new Jerusalem comes down. Everything in the Old Testament is the evidence that we need him. Everything in the New Testament answers the question in all the places that we need him. Yes, he is enough. Because if we stay on this path of intimacy, progressing deeper into intimacy with Jesus, he's always enough. The more is not out there. The more is in your intimacy with Jesus. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Because if you can't, let's look at some scriptures. Fire. What time do I have to stop? Can we, can we just break for lunch and come back? Okay, let's look at some scriptures. On my phone, I have this verse. In him, I live and move and have my being. Do I have another slide? There it is. Okay. 
In him, I live and move and exist. That's my mindset every day. When I'm doing the laundry, when I'm exercising, when I'm on the phone with clients, when I'm scrubbing the toilet. I know I am on my path of intimacy with Jesus if I can remember that in him I live and move and exist. That means if I'm scrubbing the toilet, I'm still in Christ, right? Right? If you ever see me looking like I don't have my joy on and I'm kind of over here, just nudge me. Anne, in him you live and move and exist. Okay, oh, okay. Thank you. You can hold me accountable. I am not perfect, he'll tell you. In Peter, Peter writes, in Christ we have everything we need for what? Life and godliness. Is this not life? Right? So is Jesus enough? Yes, because who are you going to believe? His word or some best-selling author? Oh, come on. If I have not offended you in seven years in this church, today might be your lucky day. Who are you going to believe, Jesus or some best-selling author? The more is not out there. The more is in your intimacy with Jesus. I love this one in 2 Corinthians. God is able to bless you abundantly so that, come on, read it with me, in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound. Come on. Is Christ enough? Yeah. Consider the birds. We have a clock in our bedroom. It's one of those clocks that if it gets unplugged or the power goes out, as soon as it has power again, it resets itself, right? Because I had fear of oversleeping because I had a boss who didn't like me and if I was late for, you get it, right? So um, one of my alarms goes off at 6.30 when I tell you that I'm living this message, it's because when my alarm goes off and I look at the clock, it doesn't say 6.30. It says 6.33. And every morning I hear Jesus say, hey, Ann, I'm enough. I'm enough. Matthew 6.33. Consider the birds. Consider the lilies. Why are you worried about what you're going to wear? Why are you worried about what you're going to eat? I'm enough. I can't start the day without Matthew 6, 33 because it's in my face. <laughs> Ephesians three twenty, Just the first three words. Come on. He is able. He is able. We focus on the exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or think or imagine. He is able. Is Christ enough? Have I convinced you yet? Yeah. Oh, my work is done. My work is done. Okay, I want to leave you with one last verse. I'm trusting Holy Spirit that he has brought this thing to mind that sits above here. Is he enough in my fill in the blank, right? So stand with me, and the worship teams can go ahead and come up. Because this, this one right here is powerful, and I want us to read it together. Because Peter asked me this question, how do we walk out Christ is enough. Philippians 4.19. We look back. 
What has God done? What has God done in our health that lets me know he's enough for this next situation? What has he done in our finances to let me know that he's... If you need a testimony, take one of mine, okay? I have more. I have plenty. You can take other people. Hey, you did it in Mariana's life. I'm standing on Mariana's testimony that you're going to do it in mine. How do we understand that Christ is enough? We look back at what he's already done. Don't leave here today without moving your dot. Make sure that by faith you're standing in absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You are enough in this area that you're poking at in my heart this morning. And the altar is still open. Get your 10,000 steps in. Come back down. <laughs> Let's read this together, church, okay? I am convinced that my God will satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundance riches of glory revealed to me through Christ Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus.